comrades, and welcome to Survivor Series, where we go on a talk about show. Yes, that's my very bad Eastern European accent. And no, it is not lost on me how racist it is. But enough about that. Welcome, folks, to a simulcast. That's right, folks, a simulcast. We have two shows going on at the same time. It is the Court Martial Podcast. I am your host, the Bay Area Brawler, Skylar Greenberg, at your service. And with me is the co-host of the Court Martial Podcast. He is the man who knows no lengths. He is the man who never tires. He is the man who has questionable hair choices. He is the colonial champion, Sean McCarty. Now, in all fairness to me, Somebody said the word mullet to me, and I immediately had to get my hair cut. I had to do it. I, I had to do it. Otherwise, I was going to start getting a, some sort of accent. I was going to start wanting to shoot firearms shirtless. And you not playing. You would start not playing Motorhead. You would go to the yeah. ring and spit well, water out. You would well, have a relationship with I, Stephanie McMahon. If which would be fine at first, but, you know... After a long period of time. And anyway, I am happy to be second fiddle today uh, as Skyler was not up here for our full gear review. So it's only fair that Skyler gets to run the show today. So I'm happy to hand over the steering wheel. True, but I'm not the only one who is running a show because, man, I introduced the man who never quiets a monster. The man who never shuts the hell up. The man who has two, to count it, two fingers in his butt at all times. It is Joshua. That is correct. I have fingers stuffed in our soul at all time. Welcome to Totally Awesome Podcast. Worst podcast ever. You'll tap out by end of it. Where of your survival series? You know what's really funny though is that you never know whose two fingers are gonna be up his butt at any given moment. That is true. It could be his, it could be his girlfriend's, it could be his mom. We never know. All three at the same time. We're having a party in my butthole. Okay, that's a little bit too much. Entertaining. That's probably more entertaining than Survivor Series. Oh God, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind my birthday was on the day of Survivor Series, so this entire show was WWE's birthday present to me. What a birthday present it was. <laughs> yeah, and, and before we even talk about Survivor Series, we have to talk about some presents to other wrestlers in the form of pink slips. Roll that WWE releases intro. So you've been released by the WWE. Best of luck in your future endeavors. You've been released by the WWE. And now you gotta go wrestle for impact. You've been released by the WWE. Best of luck in your future endeavors. You've been released by the WWE. Damn. <laughs> now what? Ow. You gotta wrestle for impact. Impact. And you know that pay gon' be so low. That is right, folks. There were some releases by WWE, and it happened what? like a couple weeks ago, but anyways, it doesn't matter because we're going to talk about it because we want to use that intro as much as we can because Sean created a great intro. Yes, you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And the fact that I knew that it would get multiple usage. Yes. <laughs> multiple usage. So we're going to talk about the eight wrestlers who were released. Keep in mind that some of these are not very important and we have much bigger things to talk about with Survivor Series, so we're going to go by them very quickly. Let's start with the most heated one, Jackson Riker. He eh. did absolutely nothing on the main roster and I do not care. Yeah, it's he was good as Gunner, and but he, you know they added him into the Forgotten Sons, and boy was he forgotten. And well, uh, he was forgotten because he's a piece of shit that died COVID. Well, 
it, it regardless, it's purely talking about its in-ring work, it's not really catering to what WWE likes in people, so I'm not surprised he's gone. All right, next one, Shane Thorne, a.k.a. Slapjack. <laughs> <laughs> Retribution, y'all. With a name like Slapjack, it was only a matter. If they weren't doing cuts, he would probably still get released with a name like Slapjack. Do you think that WWE's legal team is nervous at all that he'll try to use the word Slapjack anywhere in his dialogue <laughs> in the Indies going forward? I don't think they have to worry that much. Shane Slapjack Thorne? Can you imagine a judge presiding over the case of WWE versus Slapjack? For the rights to Slapjack. <laughs> God. Next up, Tegan Knox. I feel so bad for her because yeah. this girl has so many injuries. She powered through so many knee injuries just to stay in WWE just to get fired. I don't really... I mean, I've only seen a couple things from her. I'm sure that she's good, and I'm I'm sure she will be better served elsewhere. Agreed. Rockstar Spud, a.k.a. Drake Maverick. I so don't care. <laughs> He'll probably go back to Impact. It's, it's his right home, although he did provide some fun moments, even if it was in the comedy era, which, yeah. Remember, it was at a Survivor Series where Big Show grabbed him and he peed himself. Yes, there was a literal storyline where he was a cuck with his wife over the 24-7 championship. Oh, my God. Thank you, WWE. You never know how to entertain us. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, top dollar, and as Asante Adonis of Hit Row. Think about this for a second. They advertise these guys for weeks on end. They even shoot commercials for them to uh, be in Survivor Series and for the uh, Thanksgiving Day episodes of Raw or SmackDown. And then he's released. All three of them. No one in this company has any idea what anyone else is doing at any given time. Do you ever think that maybe The Rock not showing up at Survivor Series, maybe that was the day that they got the call that he wasn't coming, so they just like unjustly fired eight people for no reason just to lash out at somebody else because they were so angry? Yeah. Oh, 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 Save that for later because we're going to talk about that topic. Oh, yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, we will. I have information that will make you understand why WWE did what they did and make you hate why they did what they did. Budget cuts! (laughs) People power! Oh, hold on, hold on. We're gonna about that after this, man. Uh, the most biggest name, the one that Sean is actually glad is gone from WWE, John Morrison, aka Johnny Impact, aka Johnny Mundo, aka Johnny whatever. Don't forget, don't you ever forget Johnny Drip Drip. Johnny Drip Drip. Thank God this man is off this roster. He he went there, joined with the Miz, and did nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I I can name me a John Morrison match that you remember of any consequence in this time that he has spent in WWE. The Money in the Bank ladder match this year and that weird triple threat tag team that was a, just a triple threat ladder match at the WrestleMania 36 with no one in the audience. That's literally it. Xavier Woods squirting his stick on them. That is a thing that happened. That is a thing that happened. That was that was that's going to be Johnny's legacy of what happened in his time here. Thank well, God. Well, his second yes. run. His second run. His second run. He because he's so much better than this. Agreed. He's so much better than what WWE is giving him right now, and it's but but but, 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 but people back. power but people power budget cuts. 
Well, that's... Well, ladies and gentlemen, do not fear. If you want more John Morrison, tune into SWCG where, with superior booking than WWE or any pro major wrestling company, except for, of course, NWL and ACPW. He's also on ACPW, too, so... That, too. That's right. Recently drawn... And Sean's going to show you how John Morrison should have been used. Absolutely. That's right. Maybe. And <laughs> Perhapsicles. No confidence. Um, so we're going to move on from this because this is a very sad topic. We don't want to talk about people being fired too much. Instead, we're going to talk about a wrestling show. Trust me, we'll have more opportunities, I have a feeling. Oh, yeah. Right. So we're going to go to Survivor Series and the pre-show. Joshua, don't even say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to say that this is a happier topic than WWE releases, but is it? Is it? Um, it is. So, the pre-show, nothing happened. The first lines I wrote down for Survivor Series 2021 were, I'm very disappointed and nothing's happened yet. And we start out with Shinsuke Nakamura versus Damian Priest, because why else would you have this? Why would you have this on the main show? This is the match I was looking forward to most. And they put it on the pre-show because it's my birthday. And it was also not that great, I have to admit. You know, I thought, honestly, these two guys have done better, should have done better, didn't do better. It was sloppy. You know, they... Then, the whole... The worst part of this is Rick Boogs, who I'm souring on rapidly. Same, honestly, same. Is, is playing, and every time Damian Priest gets an advantage... Rick Boogs plays the electric guitar throughout the arena, which he shouldn't be allowed to do because they should, you know, Kevin Dunn should have just shut that off when the match started like they do with literally every other musician. But no, they didn't want to do that because they wanted it to be the interference. It happened two or three times. Priest leaves the ring and goes, if you do that one more time, I'm going to break that damn dilly darn guitar. And Boogs is like, oh, okay. So then they go through the rest of this sloppy-ass match. There's a... Uh, what's supposed to be Nakamura doing a body, uh, like a crossbody that a spinning Damian Priest did a spinning heel kick into, and this was uh, this was just not that good. It was just sloppy. The armbar has lost all of its value, and then Damian Priest is about to get the win, and hello, I'm Rick Boogs, and who wants to walk with Rick Boogs? <laughs> and and then Damian Priest has had enough. So he goes out there and he takes the electric guitar and he breaks the electric guitar in half, which is where the crowd popped the most. Because for the most part, they were kind of in this. Not really in this, but kind of in this. And then Damian Priest hits Rick Boogs with the flat part of the guitar. Down he goes. Then Nakamura's like, hey, what's a happen with you? And Damian Priest turns around and hits him with the guitar and gets intentionally disqualified because he snapped and he's lost control. But he's the baby face, so this makes no sense because WWE, and as soon as I saw this was going to be a garbage DQ, I knew the tone of the entire night. Yep. And once again, to your point, Sean, and what we said in other episodes, the props and anything that's happening to the props is more over than the people in the match. Yep. Because violence. Because breaking yeah. a guitar. Nonsensical violence. Nonsensical violence. That's the best kind of violence. And I love that they cannot figure out what to do with Shinsuke Nakamura. He's so boring by himself, according to WWE, that they need an obnoxious electric guitar player by his side at all times. Well, on the contrary, 
Shinsuke Nakamura in WWE is boring because yes. they made him boring. Absolutely. They made him unrealistically uninteresting as an individual to watch. I can't even like bother with his matches half the time anymore because the allure that he had coming in is completely gone. And it I, is I'm, a shame. No matter who's with him, I don't think that's going to fix it. I think that he's another one of those guys that is, you know, he's not getting any younger. You know, take your money and run, man. <laughs> if he was an Intercontinental Champion, you know they would have dropped him. They may still. <laughs> so hold on to that belt, Nakamura. You may be going to Impact. Yeah, I mean, honestly, would it be that much of a coup for that belt to show up somewhere else? I don't even know why they have secondary belts at this point. Especially because it's called the Intercontinental Belt, and it's never really been anywhere else. Yeah. And that's the, well. Here's the other thing too: is that what's garbage is that they have wholly unexplained what the hell Damien Priest's ad side is. Like it's just like the demon. They don't explain shit about why he suddenly hulks up and gets angry. Yes, it's now, just there. I'm, now I'm just mad. And I'm gonna get disqualified on pay per view for no right. on the pre-show for no reason because angry guitar is angry. <laughs> I hate right. this company. I know. I know we touched on it a bit, but what was your guys' add to going into the show? Let's start with you, Joshua. I so did not care. Like, it's the company's softball game. It's Raw versus SmackDown, and it's been Raw versus SmackDown since 2016. Yeah. There's nothing on the line. And in retrospect, if we did not watch this show, the worst thing about this show, if we did not watch it, we would have missed nothing. Nothing. I, well, just, well not, Sean, continue. Yeah, there's not a thing on this show, I mean, and I'm thinking back to it, that I'd be like, hey, you should watch Survivor Series. It's got Zabada on it. Not a single match. I mean, and, and listen, Big E and Roman Reigns was what it was, but it's not anywhere near Roman Reigns' best match this year alone. Agreed. You know, it's not anything that, I mean, it's not his worst. That honor goes to the Demon. But, <laughs> but that there's nothing on this that big and the only match that I gave a damn about they led with Survivor Series is a B me, show Survivor Series has become a B show for me this is probably the most apathetic I've felt towards a pay-per-view from WWE ever like even Extreme Rules I was kind of looking forward to Roman versus Finn if only to see what they were going to do this show, this company has beaten all three of us down to the point where we can barely watch it without getting seriously hammered, in Sean's case, seriously watching it days later, knowing the results and just plowing through it like Joshua did, or like I did, seriously watching it while watching other things. I was playing, I was playing my Nintendo Switch and watching a hockey game and listening to a UFC fight while watching Survivor Series. And and you missed nothing. I mean, I missed multiple distractions from my multiple distractions. It's just, ooh. Anyways, let's go ahead and get to the opener. We're gonna plow through the show as quickly as we can because not much happened on it. Although there were things that we can talk about that you know had some interest. The most interesting match, as you said, Sean, was the one that led us off: Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. And now yeah. I will say this before we get into it. There were two matches on the show that were the best ones, and they were the ones that opened the show and ended the show. 
And they were the matches Wait. that have more than just the brand versus brand on the line because that trope is so dead. Those two matches were better because they had something else going on, such yeah. as the shoot fighting between Becky and Charlotte. Right. Which, I... But here's my thing about this match. It, this match was good, but it didn't take very long for it to become very formulaic. That was my biggest problem with it. I'm not going to lie... This may very well have been a good match, but I I was just so bored watching it because I've seen these people ha these two people have hundreds of other matches. Is it me or did they start in third gear and then never pick it back up? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they wanted to start out hot, and they definitely did. I mean, they no doubt they were laying some of those punches in. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they were potatoing each other. They were still safe about it, but they were laying them in. Making sure those ladies felt it. Oh, yeah. but and I think the pinfalls for this match, more than the other ones, they actually felt like they were trying to win because they felt the most intense. Yes. And while, before we go any further, can somebody explain to me who the man or woman responsible for the facial hair of the gentleman on this show? What was Corey Graves trying to scrub off his face? I'm not going to uh, lie, Michael I never even hair. noticed. I was not paying attention to anything that the commentary was doing. I was just so dead to this show. This was, well, the commentary was incredibly insufferable, as, as it always is. There was one thing that broke through my defenses, but it was in the intros to the next match, but we'll get to it. Unless your name is Pat McAfee, in which case you're a treasure and you should be celebrated for the greatness that you have. Yes. And I love, and we'll, we'll get to a Pat McAfee line that he had later that I loved because he shut Corey Graves down in a pretty significant way. And I loved how he did it, but that's way later. This match is definitely physical, was physical, but it was still a WWE formulaic match. Like, for example, with CM Punk and Kingston, I don't mean to bring it over to AEW, but when CM Punk walked down to the ring, he didn't do a move, he didn't pose, he was dead focused, laser, staring down Eddie Kingston like they were about to beat the piss out of each other. I wish Becky had done the same. I thought she was going to for a second, but then she posed with the belt, and I was like, oh, never mind. Yep, and that, uh, to me, that took all the heat out of this match. And like, even then, even then, I don't think it would have worked because this feud is so... They so badly want us to think that they're going to shoot on each other, but they're not going to. Like with Eddie Kingston and CM Punk, I could you could feel the hatred, and they did such a good job building to it. Who cares about Becky versus Charlotte? The the most heat they got was them angrily throwing belts at each other. Who cares? And it was this match was this match was fine, but you know what made me laugh the most is there was this one moment when they were setting up a move, and Charlotte slapped Becky. Right in the uh, the place where the sun may or may not shine. Yeah, I did notice where, that. <laughs> the place where Baby Rollins came from, and you heard impact. It was like, thwap! <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. And then she grabbed down. Like, she got, like, some real all up in Becky's business. And I'm yeah. like, well, that, if, if that doesn't further prove that Charlotte is the dom of that relationship. Yeah. I mean, look at what Charlotte was wearing. Pair Charlotte with Andrade, and you can see who the dom and who the sub is. Yeah, seriously, though, because she literally did wear basically the dominatrix to Andrade El Gimpolo. <laughs> she really did. That's actually really funny. Honestly, and, the, uh, and besides that, 
the only thing that even got me slightly into this match, there was one point where they were exchanging slaps, and Becky just slaps Charlotte really hard in the face, and you could hear it echo, and then they just started doing regular slaps, and I was like, oh, well, oh, well. Yep. Yeah, so, because, again, this was just a formulaic match between these two, like you said, that we've seen. Then we get the manhandle slam. Isn't that a great name for a move, guys? It was better. The manhandle slam or the moonsault by Charlotte. It was better than what what Skylar did. This may actually be the worst moonsault Charlotte's ever done. Worst uh, uh, three moonsaults Charlotte's ever done. Oh, God. She went over. Even the one that she did after the missed moonsault was one that she did, and it landed like her knees landed on Becky's like shoulder. It looked so gentle. There's no way that hurt. It was her trying to not hurt Becky, which I appreciate, but at the same time, make it actually impact. And this was just... Every time she does it, the moonsault loses more and more appeal. Yeah, it really does. And then, and then the finish. What, what did you think about this finish? Uh, I'm, again, I'm so apoplectic to this, I just... A- apathetic, not apoplectic. Apoplectic means mad. <laughs> I'm apathetic. <laughs> I'm literally freaking out. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you got diabetes or something? No, I do not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I, if I do, then I should probably stop drinking monsters immediately. And we all know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> not, not a chance. I just not didn't care. Chance. I did not care. So the care. finish of this was that Charlotte goes to pin Becky with the ropes, and Charlotte goes to grab the ropes. But the referee sees it, then Becky reverses it right next to the ropes. Becky grabs the ropes at the last second when the ref just, you know, can't see it. And Becky gets it. And then Charlotte starts laughing like a nutcracker. Charlotte does the Be- uh, the Bianca Belair, um, you got me, you got me, smile after losing. It is a top champion versus top champion match with a very allegedly personal feud that everyone was like, oh, they might do a shoot. And then she cheats to win, and Charlotte's like, huh, you got me. It doesn't fit. She should be no. pissed. Yeah, and this, and that was what said to me of like, okay, so there isn't any heat. No, not you know, not so, it, not none whatsoever. Or yeah. if there is, it's not as serious as it has been played up to be. Yeah. So this no, matchup, this whole match was nothing but false advertising. It was, it was okay, but it was a for what they wanted it us to believe it was going to be it was just another WWE women's match. Yep. With quality workers. Not because there are plenty of WWE women's matches with non-quality workers. We will get to that. Oh god, that oh, later. Oh boy, match. will we get to that. <sighs> yeah, this was but Yeah, uh, this finish was just bad when you have to juice up a matchup by cursing. Ooh, like, she said shit, I'm so edgy. <laughs> oh, all right, AEW, calm down. You're a bitch. <laughs> Alright, WWE, calm down. Yeah. It's bad that we know exactly what word can be traced to what company. I'm gonna put you in timeout, damn it! <laughs> okay, Vince, calm down. And go back to your retirement home. Oh my god, these segments. Backstage. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to them later. Oh my god. Later on in the show. Dear god. And then throughout the night, they advertised The Rock because The Rock was... This is 25th anniversary appearance or something, whatever. So, you want to know some fun facts about The Rock? Please. Please in- indulge us. So, apparently, he was supposed to be here for the show, 
but unfortunately scheduling conflicts because he's a very busy man made it so that he couldn't come. They found this out in October, but they still had to do the show advertisements and specifically for his latest movie. You want to know why? Why? Because they got paid for it a million dollars. Oh. So all the advertising revenue that they take in, they're going to still cop up for a million dollars. Yep. It's not what? even a big, significant amount of money. They cop themselves out for a million dollars. Wow. <sighs> a company that's so worried about budget cuts, a company that's so worried about budget cuts, allegedly, that they're spending a million dollars to pr promote a movie for a man that's not even going to be there. Exactly. WWE, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Why would anyone want to work for this company? And now we know who the real dominant sub is between The Rock and WWE. Yeah. This entire show made WWE look like the sad, bitter, jealous ex-girlfriend or boyfriend that so badly wants to get back together and the other person just does not care. Has already moved on. And that is very, very true. And speaking of moving on, yeah, we're going to move on to the 5-on-5 five -five Men's Survivor Series elimination match. Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, with MVP, defeating Team SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. Oh, Fire Series as a match concept is dead. Yep, it totally is. Sean, you go first. Oh, do I have to? Yes, you do. Um, Alright, alright, I guess let's just get this through. Uh, Lashley looks so much better with MVP. Nice to see him there, even if it was only for a minute, although they should have just left him out there. Uh, Lashley should have come out last on this team instead of Seth Rollins as a captain. Yeah, well, Lashley still should have come out last on this team. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth Rollins' fur looks like he just taped a whole bunch of boas that he got at Michael's together. They didn't even let Finn Balor get in the ring before they moved on to the next entrance. Because Finn Balor was taking too fucking long. And <laughs> yeah, because, he was. And because nobody cares. Yeah. It's funny how Balor, it's funny how humping the ground and the lights changing and the top rope breaking can just completely ruin any kind of credibility you have. Funny how that works, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> then Drew and Sheamus, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, who are uh, just... The bitterest of enemies. Oh, you're on SmackDown? I'm on SmackDown. Let's be friends. Okay. Remember when they had that blood feud earlier in the year? Because I do. No, Joshua, we're all morons. Don't you remember? We all have the exact same mental retention as Vince McMahon. <laughs> Which is not a lot. We only remember what happened six months ago. More like six right. minutes ago. This match was the epitome of we are the booking as lazy as possible because we have so many finishes to book and we just do not know what to do. I am so sick and tired of tag team partners who can't get along. It's 2021. We we were even seeing it in AEW. Both companies stop doing it. Uh, or do we have to say frequently? when you see it. I have to say, Kevin Owens is the smartest man because he got himself as far away from this match as possible. Which also pissed me off. Because, <laughs> like, why even bother? Why even bother? It wasn't as bad as last year when Seth Rollins got on his knees and got kicked in the face by Sheamus. But still, why even bother? 
Kevin Owens getting up and leaving just made me feel like I was wasting my time watching this show, which, honestly, I was. I wonder how much Kevin Owens got paid to walk in, walk out. A million dollars. Yeah. It was, uh, and then, this is just, this whole show was just a backslap tag fest. I'm not even gonna get into that. Yeah. This is, uh, and, uh, something underrated. Baron Corbin throws a good punch. He actually does. That is true. He throws a good punch. Or, I'm sorry, Happy Corbin. Mr. Slot Machine himself. And... Remember when he was a lone wolf? I honestly feel... Well, somebody in AEW wants Tony Khan to book him. Why? Why? Careful, 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 Sean. You're going to make Joshua tap out. Oh, this is coming, ladies and gentlemen. I can't handle it. <laughs> I'm still thrown by that side. I'm honestly still thrown by that side. Kevin Dunn missed shots everywhere in this match. He was terrible. Oh, oh, no. There was oh, no. there was a part in the tag match where like someone was about to do a move and he was just oh we'll get to it, but he kept cutting to Randy Orton when Riddle was trying to do something over and over again, but we'll get to that. Yep. And then uh Finn Balor start they get the heat on Finn, and then Finn makes his own five person comeback. Yeah. That was ice cold. Corbin goes out first, and just something I've noticed as well, the snapmare has diminished in quality. I don't know why people are not executing it well, but it does not look like the way that they're trying to turn them is the way they're turning. Can I tell you something that I noticed? Jeff Hardy was the most over person in this match, and all he did was clap. All he did was clap the entire match. Well, well, we will get to Jeff Hardy in a second, okay? And then Bobby Lashley, after Happy Corbin, Happy, uh, Happy Corbin is eliminated, Bobby Lashley comes in and starts tossing it up. And Bobby and Bobby's always great. And takes but out King Woods, thankfully. That's Thank right. God. And then Bobby and Drew get into it, which all looked great because Bobby and Drew are fantastic. And then they get double counted out. And this wouldn't even be the this was the third count out and the fourth screwy finish two matches into the main show and counting the pre-show. And this wasn't even all. Nope. This was just the second match of the night. (laughs) This was match two. And then and Jimmy Smith, it was like, I think it was, uh, I think it was when Drew and, and Bobby Lashley got into the ring and Jimmy Smith's like, it's like 10 on 10 now. Yeah. And they were like, um, can you count? What? <laughs> and they just gave him a hard time about it for the next 30 seconds. And it was like, that was the one part of the commentary that made me laugh. I didn't even understand his point. I was like, what are you trying to say here? Then you get terrible double garbage sling blades because it's a move that everybody has to do. You, you. When that happened, I, I could actually feel your blood boiling from all the way over here in South Kakalaki. Oh yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> and then it's uh, I think it's a three on. There's a two on two, and Jimmy Smith once again is like, "Well, it's two on three, so." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jimmy Smith, you need to go back to math class. And then Byron started saying some jabs at Jimmy, and Jimmy did not appreciate that at all. And Uh. there were a couple stiff words thrown around. And then we get this final four. 
Well, Sheamus eliminates Finn Balor. Yep. The final four and of Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, Seth Rollins, and Austin Theory, who I forgot was called up to the main roster again. <laughs> you know, he wasn't even that bad. I didn't even hate him, but once this got to two-on-two, two, this match picked up. Yes, it did. It actually started getting really good. Yeah. Austin once Theory's the- roll-through into the dropkick is so gorgeous-looking. Yeah. You know, imagine that. Once it turned into a regular sane tag match, everything started getting better. I know, it's weird how that happens. Funny. You just have to get rid of the filler first. That's right. And this was, uh, and then they went to go for this hot tag, but they tagged in the baby face long before the heel got tagged in, so it didn't quite have the effect they were looking for. Uh, <laughs> then they do this Seamus, uh, on his knees, Jeff Hardy's stinger splash. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was a little weird. That was uh, but then angry Sheamus is angry because he gets a little. Oh, 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 Jeff Hardy and Sheamus do Sheamus's uh, beat to the Baldron. Right, which and, was also a good spot. I did like that. Which it's funny seeing Jeff Hardy and Sheamus working together because then they have a feud over the summer about sure Jeff did. Hardy. And the commentary Jeff actually Hardy acknowledged it. Isn't it so cool how we could just all be stupid and forget about things that happened just a few short months ago? Yeah. Because for the brand. Yes, because... Because it's the one night a year that Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head. My brand loyalty that I honestly probably don't care much about and there's not really that much difference. I care so much I'm going to be friends with someone who almost got me locked in jail. But at least, at least, (laughs) with these guys... They didn't have to wear the Raw and SmackDown shirts that the Battle Royal did. That is true. Oh, no. Oh, God. Because they've done that in the past. And I'm glad they did not have to do that for this matchup. Well, I mean, eh. 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 And then, Jeff, this, Jeff Hardy being the sole survivor and going back to the one-on-one, just, is WWE admitting that Jeff is still more over than anyone else they have? Well, first off, Sheamus kicks Jeff Hardy in the face. Of course. Yeah, because all tag team partners must get along, must not get along whatsoever. And that's a two-on-one, and Jeff Hardy was the right person, because if there's anyone who was going to get babyface fire, it was going to be Jeff Hardy against Austin Theory and Seth Rollins. Yeah, and also, you know, in another lifetime, maybe in an earlier generation, Seth Rollins and Jeff Hardy is a money dream match. Oh, I absolutely agreed. It's just a shame that it's happening this late into Jeff's career, but you know what? They did a good job, and I also liked this finish. Probably the best finish we had. I don't know. I, I really liked the main events finish, but I also liked the finish of this match. That curb stomp on Jeff was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But it still looked solid. And once, once this got to two-on-two, two, I liked it. Agreed. Everything else was hot garbage. Of freaking greed. How did you guys feel about Seth Rollins healing once it was him and Jeff Hardy? Seth Rollins running wild, brother. <laughs> He's running so wild that people are attacking him again. That's right. Okay, hold on. Let's let's quickly break from Survivor Series review and do a quick news of the week segment. This is the Wrestle News with Skylar Green. 
So on the November episode of Raw after Survivor Series, the 22nd, Seth Rollins gets attacked by a fan who proceeds to tackle him, except the fan, as soon as he was tackled by Seth Rollins, who probably saw him on the periphery, was able to get him into a chokehold until uh, security and rest arrived to take him out. And I told these guys this, and they still cannot believe it. But this fan attacked Seth Rollins because he was trolled by a fake Seth Rollins Twitter and Instagram account, and he apparently gave money to that account in order to get some signed merchandise and never got it. Oh my god. So he announced his plan on his Twitter that he was going to attack Seth Rollins, and then later decided he did it for Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. I honestly think... The Rock. That's the most Rock tribute thing WWE did all night. Honestly, honestly, I legitimately think that we've gotten to a point as a society where social media has just eroded away people's minds. Now, to be fair, apparently this guy does have a history of mental issues, so we don't know. He definitely was not all the way there in terms of his mental capacity. My question is, this is the second high-profile incident involving a wrestler being attacked by a fan at the Barclays Center in New York. They need to get out of Barclays. (laughs) They need to stay away. It hit the Hall of Fame uh, speech those years ago. Oh, that one was worse, though. So, can... I don't know. Can... Can New York just calm down? (laughs) You know that there there was a rumor circulating around that that was Keith Lee... Angry at his release. <laughs> and, uh, uh, thankfully it wasn't. If I was Keith Lee, I'd... And fairly, I knew immediately it wasn't, because I've never seen that much fire out of Keith Lee. <laughs> I, if I was Keith Lee, I'd be more upset about being named Bearcat than being fired. Because at least when I'm fired, I'm no longer going to be called Bearcat. Imagine the lawyers for WWE's legal team going the legal battle over Keith Lee trying to keep the name Bearcat. And so, like, so the trial of Bearcat and Slapjack versus WWE. Oh god. Oh god. But yeah, that's their heck name. <laughs> Slapjack the Bearcat. <laughs> imagine, imagine Shane Thorne Slapjack does the Charlotte Flair grab. Of Keith Lee in a match. <laughs> Why? God. Uh. Uh, well, that takes over the whole this fan did a better spear than Goldberg joke that I had lined up. Yeah, that is true. Anyways, and this fan supposedly has been barred from all WWE events. The Barclays Center is currently arrested for uh, basically disruptment of a public live event and assault. Which he should have been. And there were some takes on wrestling, including one by one Chavo Guerrero. Now, Sean, I'll allow you to say what Chavo said. Do you have his tweet in front of you? I can pull it up. But basically, basically, Chavo Guerrero Jr., noted tough man, noted man who once uh, had a horse stick to the ring, said, remember when wrestlers were tougher than the fans? Ah, the good old thing. Well, Skyler, you immediately got digitized because <laughs> I hear that. So budget cuts have struck again. <laughs> budget cuts have struck again. <laughs> budget cuts have struck again. Uh, 
When do they strike? <laughs> they struck they in the middle of you reading that tweet. tweet. Literally from the second you said the tweet to the second you ended the tweet, and then it went back to normal. <laughs> Apparently, Chavo Guerrero Jr. does not want me to read his tweet. Anyways, <laughs> I, will, I will repeat what I said with... Noted oh. tough man Chavo Guerrero Jr., who once had a horse stick as a gimmick, said, Remember when the wrestlers were tougher than the fans? Ah, the good old days. Well, I mean, in all fairness to Seth, he did get him into a chokehold. But I I personally believe, and I, I know you can't do this in 2021, but you know the old school idealist in me. This guy should have actually gotten the shit beaten out of him. I mean, this guy, this guy should have been brought in behind the arena and had three of these wrestlers rough him up and teach his ass a lesson and set an example for doing this kind of stuff. Because realistically, because of the attitude of what WWE wrestlers are and what professional wrestling is at this point, a lot of people do believe that they can match up with the wrestlers. And they're never taught the example of why not to. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with Sean, like... It's just an unfortunate situation. The fans should not have done that, obviously. And again, I my personal opinion, I think it's just that social media has made people stupid. It, That's one it, part it, of it. It's one of those things where the fans think that they can do whatever they want, and they're going to learn quickly that they really shouldn't. But it's one of also those things where WWE should probably do a better job of not classifying their wrestlers so that they are easy targets. Yeah. And they need yeah, to they need to figure out what is going on with the, with security. Like, how many times are fans going to bypass the security? And I feel so bad for Seth Rollins because every few years he's the one that ends up having these incidents. Yeah, that is true. It's always the members of the Shield. Like, remember that guy in riot gear that showed up next to the yeah, yeah that was the Wyatt family. That was so just what I love that. That, that dude, I actually liked because he literally just went into the ring and he looked at Roman and looked at Dean. He's like, look at me. I'm one of you. He just huh? posed. He just <laughs> posed. And of course, Bray Wyatt for never breaking character and asking, is that your third man? <laughs> yeah. Or that time that the fan literally started doing the same entrance as Seth Rollins and walking with him to the ring. Oh, and yeah. John Cena, who was, who was wrestling with us, was that guy? Security. Uh, and let me tell you guys this is much more fun to talk about than what we have to talk about next in honor of the rocks 25th anniversary a 25 man battle royal sponsored by pizza hut well before before we get to this before we get to this atrocity we got to talk about a different atrocity oh no the egg oh the I egg segment now, before we do th there's one thing I want to note about this. Because Mr. McMahon is fulfilling his Goblet of Fire and Willy Wonka fantasies like he even knows what either of those are. But guarantee well, he you does. he does there not. For him to be young enough to have watched them. Vince, Vince is like pretending to text like Vince ever texts. <laughs> that was so funny. Like, I was thinking, no, Vince no, with no, a phone. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We know from the Chris Jericho and Steve, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast that Chris Jericho... Texted Steve uh, Vince McMahon, and so did Austin. Okay. So well, he acted like he never had done it in his entire life, because <laughs> he's stuck to the top of the phone. He's like, boop, 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 boop. Can I tell you my guy. biggest problem with this entire thing? It was so hilariously poorly mic'd. 
I could oh, not yeah. I could not hear anything they were saying. And well, this is the thing. Before it was even this office segment with Vince, he shows up in a limo with the egg that he's carrying, and he's showing everybody like, ah, ah, and everybody's cheering. And Sonya Deville's face is going to give me nightmares <laughs> because I cannot etch it out of my mind. It's literally like one of the. It looked like Sonya Deville in Five Nights at Freddy's had a baby. Oh no! Is it, it worse than that, is it worse than that famous page here? video yes oh. <laughs> yes it was it was not good anyway so they do this and vince is like literally shaking this egg up and down and holding it around and then later on he's talking to roman reigns while he's got this thing in the case and talking like oh this is prestigious this is very prestigious. like you're telling me about the prestige of this egg when you were literally holding it like a football not 22 minutes ago like what <laughs> If it's so prestigious, why are you taking it out of its case at all? <laughs> and I love how once again they are having Roman Reigns be involved with something so absurdly goofy. And what was this for? Who did this serve? Well, hold on, hold on. I'll, I will get to that later once we talk about the second half of that segment. And before we move on to the next match, what I was talking about a minute ago, during the entrances to the big five-on-five -five men's match, Byron Saxton, my God, said, and we're, and be sure to send in your answers, your tweets, your text, whatever, how many spears and big endings are we going to see in the main event and how many are going to be kicked out of? Sports betting. For, for a DraftKings ad. He said it during the show and my jaw hit the floor. I don't know why I'm surprised at this point, but I just want, I, when I heard that, I wanted to turn the show off so bad. I, I, I now despise Byron Saxton. Oh, oh, oh. Now? Hold on. Now? <laughs> like, I've just been, I, I, and I will say the word correctly this time, apathetic to Byron Saxton, but that was, that crossed the line with me. Okay, hold on, hold on. I have some, uh, somewhat, no, it's not breaking, but it's some interesting follow-up to the Chavo Guerrero stuff. Okay. okay. So, first thing first, he retweets a pic, uh, gif of La Parka punching a fan. Okay. And then he sends out another tweet, and the tweet is as follows. That got out of hand quickly. Instead of deleting, I will own it and say no disrespect to Rollins, Seth Rollins. I have had many agree and many disagree. Only comes from love of this business that has fed my family for 85 years. The fact is, Seth should have never been put in that position in the first place. Okay. Because Chavo did get a lot of backlash for that first tweet. From people, I don't know, though. Handled it like a man, though. Handled it like a man. He's like, all right, I'm not going to... Because there was no, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do this in the future. No, no, no. It's like, all right, I see that y'all are a little upset. I'm going to leave the tweet up. I understand, you know, no disrespect. This is just the way it was. It's just, this is where it's coming from. That's about as, as mature a way to work that through as I've heard from anybody. Right, like... The fans should not be wrestling. The fans should not be messing with the wrestlers, and if they do, they're gonna get the same thing that that fan got from La Parka. Oh yeah. Which by the well, way, uh, La Parka hit a square nose, and not the fan over. Damn. Well, sometimes when your life was on the line, you had to do what you had to do. I mean, the guy was literally grabbing La Parka's mask. Of course, La Parka's gonna punch you in the face. What are you doing? Yeah. Here's a yeah. challenge. Here's a challenge to AEW fans: go into the arena and try to grab Excalibur's mask. 
please. I dare somebody to. I dare a fan to jump the barricade and get in the ring with Brock Lesnar. You know, <laughs> oh no! No fan, no yeah. fan in the right mind is gonna get in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Uh, I just want someone to steal Excalibur's mask and burn it. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of things that should have been burned, this match should have been burned from all of our memories. <sighs> the 25th Rock. No, sorry, let me get this right. The Rock's 25th anniversary, 25-man, dual-branded Battle Royal. For pizza. And, and this was, weirdly, they cut in at a very odd time in Ricochet's entrance. And I was feeling, for some reason, this just, again, Kevin Dunn, just more slipping up. And then my favorite people doing my least favorite spot, and then this this whole match was pure death. Oh. This match was just to get people on the card, and even then, the amount this of promotion insane. that was going on for Pizza Hut was terrible. Now, hold on. Let's talk about the part of the match that it broke, Sean. Oh, no. I know what it is, too. It's the Street Profits. Solo Cups. And they start raining from the sky. in the audience this time. Yeah, at least there's people this time. I don't mind if they do this kind of gimmicky stuff like the JBL dollars and all that with people in the audience to take it home. When they did it in the Dunderdome when there was just going to be some custodians picking all that up later, that was garbage. This I don't mind. I think the spot the spot that I feel broke Sean was when R-Truth tried to give Omos the pizza and then he gave it to Otis and then they started doing gimmick spots with pizza. I feel like that's what broke Sean. So, Sean, I have a legit question. In our fantasy wrestling leagues, do you want Otis? I could do better with Otis than what they're doing with Otis. It's not It's not the man, the wrestler, that is the problem. It's what they make him that is the problem. I would have given all the money I have, which is not much, to see Sean's reaction to the whole pizza thing with R-Truth, Omos, and Otis. Well, well in the my notes, why you don't have that much money is because you spend too much of it on Monster and butt plugs. That is true. In my notes, and how are those two fingers doing, by the way? Oh, they're <laughs> nice and juicy. Good, good. Glad that's still a thing. And in all caps at this point, and also kind of applicable to that topic, I wrote, this is pain. <laughs> this is pain. <laughs> oh, God. This match was pain. This sucks. It was pure pain. It was just Omos throwing everyone out of the ring. Just it was endlessly. Oh, that made me. That killed me. That's what killed me. The we want pizza chant. I mean, to be fair, and here's the thing: if you looked at the pizza very closely, it didn't look very good. Uh, and I imagine them throwing it into the audience with the pizza. I guarantee you, every slice of pizza they threw into the audience landed like on the floor, and someone stepped on it. But you know, my favorite part of that when they started hucking the pizza at the very end. First of all, that pizza should not be that throwable. <laughs> good pizza is not that throwable. Yeah. It's just not clear. Because that cheese would be flying in one direction. There'd be sauce peppered everywhere. And then my second question, how many people, when they were hugging this, just got speckered with grease? <laughs> and just, like, just like got rained down. Didn't even get the pizza. Just, just like, a it made, like it made sense when the New Day threw pancakes, because at least pancakes, for the most part, as long as they're cooked correctly, are going to stay together. Who the and hell they had no syrup on them? That is my f- new favorite word. Speckered. <laughs> right. Done there, speckered with grease. <laughs> and, uh, no, that is seriously, I can only imagine 
what I mean, all the kids and the nerds with glasses who had to spend the next 15 or 20 minutes cleaning their glasses off because the grease isn't coming off and they only have their shirt to clean this off. And so they're trying over and over to clean the glasses and just like, not, and they have to actually walk out of the arena to go to the concession stand to get a napkin and go to the bathroom to wet the napkin to clean the glasses to come back down halfway into the next match. Oh. That's that's what I meant. That was the Survivor Series experience. Yeah. Almost one. <laughs> Who cares? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> just imagine. Just imagine. Instead of the solo cups, the Street Profits do their entrance, and pizza rains down from the ceiling. Oh no! Don't give them ideas. <laughs> Don't give them ideas, Skyler. No. You know what it should be? Half of the pizza should be legit, and the other half should be just like the play pizzas that like toddlers get. <laughs> yeah. And toddlers come down. It's like you're either gonna get food or you're gonna get a plastic thing. Or and they and they also just have pizza boxes drop from the ceiling along with it. <laughs> Guess how many real pizzas are real? Go to DraftKings.com That's it. Oh, God. That's it. How many fingers are in my butt right now? Go to DraftKings. Chris Jericho is so fat. He ordered pizza and then it ended up being at Barclays Center. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> Just imagine all that pizza's for Chris Jericho that got sent to the wrong place. Oh, uh, Chris God. Jericho had actually gotten it. Uh, maybe this match would have been a little better. Uh, can we move on? Can we move Just on? Just Chris Jericho ate all that pizza and then he'd be stuck on that middle rope forever waiting for Junior DeSantos to hit him. <laughs> That's why he was slowed down. That's why he slowed down. When the Pizza Hut hits. Sonic ring entrance. Yep. Then 
Then all the time, I apologize. I just had to take off my headphones because I was dying for the last two minutes. <laughs> what was that? Like I'm starting to sweat and my eyes are crying. God damn it, Sean! <laughs> I'm starting to sweat and my eyes are crying. Oh, <laughs> uh, get Dom, get Pizza Hut today. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Matt Riddle's coming in, and he's gonna throw some. Uh, he's gonna take some pigeons out of his toes. Oh god! Why? To why does he still do this? And they were much smaller, indecipherable pigeons this time. Yeah. Uh, Randy Orton. Damn it! Of all attacking partners, why Matt Riddle? <sighs> he's the only one who had actually exquisite facial hair. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I disagree. And then I disagree. I mean, it's still ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. He looks like he should be on the face of a Pringles can or something. Yeah. <laughs> the Pringles pizza can. Oh, no. Oh, no. We cannot go down this road again. We can't go back. We cannot go back, Skylar. Come back to us. We will go back in time. As much as, much as Pat McAfee tried when he mentioned not only Corny, but also OVW. Oh yeah, there I did. Are two I did notice that. references on the night, I believe, by Pat McAfee. And I'm sure Vince McMahon hated him every single second for it because you're not supposed to mention Jim Cornette. Right, he's the do not allow on the premises, right next to Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Pat McAfee goes out and claims that the refs are stooges. Yeah. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He, on every show. And on every sport. Every He's sport. Everywhere. Refs are stooges. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because they are. Uh, side note, fuck the NHL. Well, I don't know And, why, and, and, and the National Football League. And now how about yeah. Major League Baseball? Actually, you want know, all the American sports. Because all and the referees the But then we got one of the worst looking go to night nights I've ever seen. Oh my god, that was horrible. Hit, it Jesus. Was a that was so bad. It, it was, was a like bro to sleep. It. it was a bro to sleep. It was a go to night night by Pat McAfee. His <laughs> knee. CM Punk would have sued him. His knee missed him by like at least a mile. It was awful. Yeah. I really wish that everyone would stop doing knee to face moves unless your name is CM Punk because Ty Conti can't do it. Matt Riddle can't do it. Just stop. Just stop it. Even CM Punk is not that great with it because sometimes he misses. I mean, it's it's not like a foot the length of a football field. Whenever CM Punk does it, that's true. That is true. God, everyone else just needs but, to stop. But this match wasn't terrible. It was just there was it was a good hot tag. The crowd was into it, and then they just started going too long. Yeah. And then. The referee, they did a, they did a bunch of double team moves, and they did a double submission, and the referee didn't bother counting at all. At least Rick Knox counted. He counted too far, but at least he counted. Yeah. <laughs> they did, and then the gut slap tag. The gut slap tag. No, it's the belly rub. <laughs> the belly rub. Red Gordon rubbed Matt Riddle's belly. <laughs> it's like when Warden was like very briefly mesmerized at Matt Riddle's abs. He's like, tech, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, 
But Orton was legal, but the referee was clearly not counting just for the RKO. And it, it, was, it was a good match. It, it was just, I, I just didn't love the finish. It, it was fine. I, I, I myself like the finish. I'll always take a Randy Orton RKO in midair. It just looks gorgeous. But yeah, this was this was an A match. Nothing too wrong with it. Nothing too offensive. And th- and think this was the match that got Randy Orton the most pay-per-view appearances by any WWE superstar. Yeah, the most pay-per-views by a WWE superstar. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love Randy, but at this point, it's just then they did the then they did the egg stealing thing. Ugh. Somebody stole my egg. Who done did it? Well, do you want to know who done did it? Uh, Why don't you tell us? Enlighten us, okay. please. Okay. So, on Monday Night Raw, and let's be clear, I did not watch the show, I just read the highlights, okay? No so, judgment. on Monday Night Raw, uh, Sami Zayn approached uh, Vince McMahon and said he saw Austin Theory go into your office. And Austin Theory came in and reportedly said, I was looking at the egg and I wanted to take a selfie with it, but then I realized I would be able to do it here in the office. So I did it in a hotel. And you know what the result of that? Skyler, you Laurenitis is hitting you hard with these budget cuts, bro. <laughs> Could Wait. you please restate? Okay. So on Monday Night Raw, Sammy well first off, this man made an offer that anyone who found it would get a WWE title match. Oh my so, God. So Sami Zayn reported that Austin Theory found it. Austin Theory said he took it because he wanted to take a selfie with it, and he took it to his room. He returns to Egg the Vince, and Vince gives Austin Theory the title shot, and didn't give it to Sami because, quote, Sami, you're a snitch. Well, nobody likes a snitch now. Nobody likes a snitch. So, so Austin, Austin Theory is the number one contender for the WWE title because he found the egg. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, he got he stole the egg. And brought it back. Now, hold on. He had the match against Big E on that Raw in the main event. He did okay. It wasn't a... I heard it was an okay match. It wasn't a great match, but it was an okay match. <sighs> but do you want to know how Austin Theory lost that match? Please. Kill me. Disqualification. No, even better. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens came out, and they started arguing with each other. And then Austin Theory lost because he was distracted by the two of them arguing with each other. And neither of them got involved in the finish. They just got mad at each other. Austin Theory got distracted and Big E hit him with a big ending. They just walked out on stage arguing? Well, ringside. (laughs) What? I just want to see a match where two people just come on stage and they're just arguing as they walk. I think, what was it, Kevin Owens got... Uh, got to ringside first because he wanted to watch Big E. And Seth Rollins came out to yell at Kevin Owens and started yelling at each other. And Austin Theory was distracted by the two of them yelling at each other and lost the match because of it. That's so stupid. I'm, I, I'm so glad I don't watch Raw. This is WWE's response to AEW. Yeah. Just remember that, folks. This is what they come back with saying, we are the superior product. No, this is them being paid to advertise a, a Netflix movie for The Rock. Who's what not going to show up? <laughs> Who didn't show up for his special night? One million dollars. <laughs> that, that's so perfect. I almost feel like Vince would have still done this if he had taken a literal seven dollars in honor of the Rock's production company. <laughs> Probably. That's enough to buy one Little Caesars pizza. 
<laughs> just right. one pizza that you have to share with the entire pizza. audience. <laughs> oh, God. Let's, oh, do we have to talk about this next match? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay. <laughs> Sean, it'll be okay, Sean. Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina Vega defeating Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm in the 5 on 5 Women's Survivor Series match. May I start with this one? Go ahead, Skyler. Oof. Ah. At this point during the show, the crowd was starting to do the wave. That's how I knew that they did not give a shit about this match. Wow. I didn't notice that they were doing the wave, but... No, I saw halfway through they were doing the wave while Tony Storm and Liv Morgan were wrestling, and I was like, God damn it. <sighs> oh, not the Tony Storm. Poor Tony. CM Punk chance. I heard that too. I heard that too. Now, let's go ahead and get started with this. Carmella does a stupid mask thing and gets eliminated because of it because she pretty vain girl. Thank God because Corey Graves was all night could not stop talking about Carmella and it literally made me want to be that fan who attacked Seth Rollins and just attacked Corey Graves. That's right. I hate how much he simps for Carmella. Because it's terrible. Uh, agreed. Oh, yeah. And then and this Tony was Storm. the worst commentary team all night as well. It was Michael Cole, Byron, and Corey. Oh. <laughs> the original bad trio. <sighs> the worst. That's the thing is that they, they rotated like these five commentators, and it ended up with different combinations, but this was by far the worst one. Yeah. And then 12 minutes go by. I'm not even going to talk about the match fully because of why should we... And then Tony Storm eliminates Queen Zelina Vega, right? Her finisher's cool. Now, do you want to know something stupid about these two eliminations? Proceed. On Monday Night Raw, Queen Zelina and Carmella defeated Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash to become the tag team champions. Nikki <laughs> 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 so, Ash wasn't even invited to this match. So, the two women who were eliminated first in the Survivor Series match became the tag team champions. I'm tapping out again. <laughs> just take those women's tag team belts and just throw them in a dumpster. They, they don't even have a women's tag division. It's a tag team division with one tag team. <laughs> yeah. I want to know who... By the way, while we're talking about this match, I want to know who in the back of WWE is known as the Reaper of Last Names. Because Shotzi lost hers. It so who's going, around, who's going around telling people, well, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to have to take your last name. Budget cuts. Budget cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have our answer. Listen, it's either no more pizza or your last name gets taken. <laughs> Do you want to be the one that denies New York of their pizza? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, who will lose their last name next? Bet on sport, uh, DraftKings now. <laughs> oh, God. Why don't you be Tony Storm and it's just either Storm Tony? It's going to be Tony. It's Tony! Hooray. Oh, God, I could see them doing that. Oh, no. Especially Michael, especially Michael Cole when he did the fucking boss time thing. Oh! And then yeah. he got...
got interrupted. The worst part was Byron was cheering him on. That's another part where I just wanted to turn the TV off. And then Liv Morgan, the hottest girl with no wrestling, eliminated Tony Storm. Oh, that made me sad, too. Then there was an air tag by Sasha. Yeah. Because Sasha uses the force more than any other wrestler on the planet. Uh, which is why Sasha is the fourth of the four, uh, in my opinion. Ripley gets a limb by Shayna Baszler. Boy, I would have loved to have seen what those two would have been capable of doing when they were actually serious. Well, you can if you go back and watch them in NXT. Yeah, more of them. That would have been nice. Although, I would have loved to have seen more from Ripley and Bianca as a tag team. Yeah, they got down to those two, and... Eh? They should have lasted longer with that, because at least those two have the... Uh, the Royal Rumble that they were both a part of at the beginning of this year to build on the rapport that they would have going forward. You know, it's just that <sighs> instead we get a tit slap tag. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> we got one of those. And another count out. Yep. Because tag team partners can't get along. I think this one's the worst one because it's caddy women fighting with each other. <sighs> I hate the stereotype that they always do with the women. Back to the diva days. Yep, that was true. This was this was just this is at the point where I wrote down and I quote, This is the laziest book survivor series matches of all time. Agreed. Agreed. And, and then, then Bianca Belair has had enough and just power through Natalia, Shayna Baszler, and Shotzi. I did like that. I did like that. She beat all three of them. But the crowd did not give a fuck. That is true. Oh, the crowd did not fucking care. Because, oh look, they're going to do another sweep for Raw. Hooray. Yep. Again, this would be interesting if they hadn't done all of these for the past decade and a half. Yep, that is true. And then we can and pull they, And they made off. SmackDown look good at any point. Yeah. And, well, hey, Damian Priest got a disqualification. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Nakamura won that match, technically. So, what a win. It's like the pre- Remember when they did that with, when Raw dominated last time? They had SmackDown win on the pre-show, and then they're like, no, nah, Raw swept. And they were like, no, no, we won. Yeah. We won on the nope, Raw swept. I remember that. And apparently it was a producer's mistake because Raw was supposed to win that match, too. Yep. And, uh... What a surprise here. And then we get Paul Heyman mocking Br- Brooklyn going, hey, oh, oh, hey, oh. This was hey, the weirdest hey. Paul Heyman promo I've ever seen. I love Paul Heyman. There is not a thing he could do at this point that could make me hate him. Well, as long as uh, Brock Lesnar's not around, which apparently he may or may not be. Well, yeah, that was another tease that they had no intention of pulling any sort of trigger on. I'm like, okay, so if they're not going to have the rock on, maybe they'll put Brock on. Nope. Nope. This is the most flaccid Survivor Series of all time. Instead, we we got this. It what? is the main event of the evening. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Big E. And, again, one of the two matches that has a story that was beyond brand versus brand because Roman Reigns, he injured Kofi Kingston. He humiliated Xavier Woods, and Big E is not happy with it because you do not insult a man's family. You do not injure a man's family without a little bit of retribution. Yeah, this was the best match of the night, which is not a lo- which is it's not a high bar, but it was still good. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And thank God Big E does not have the New Day theme. Yes, thank God. Not only that, but this was a match that he took seriously. Like, if you watched Big E the entire time, he's not smiling. He's not happy. He's not doing his uh, Big E stuff. Agreed. He, he came here to fight someone. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair take fucking notes. Roman Reigns gave Big E an uppercut in this match that was so beautiful, it was better than everything else on the show before it. With one uppercut, Roman yeah. Reigns outdid everything else the entire rest of the show. Yeah. Sad. Absolutely. And, you, and now, let me ask you boys a question, because this is a, uh, this occurred to me as Big E was coming down to the ramp with this, uh, with this other theme. They've given Big E opponents, for the most part, that make sense for him to face and beat. They've established him as somebody now, especially in this match, as somebody who, when the going gets into the right situation, he can be serious and a legitimate contender. Do you think, with the way that they're treating this run with Big E as WWE champion, that Kofi's run in some way was sabotaged? Mm. I'm not sure because they never changed this theme they must have known damn well it wasn't going to be what a WWE champion should have they gave him garbage opponents with the exception of Randy Orton uh, which was the only one that had any merit but they had garbage opponents with matches that were uninteresting Big E finally gets to main event a show which was not something that Kofi was doing at all during the entirety of his reign it almost feels like there was a clear interest in having one individual as world champion and a clear disinterest, but feeling the pressure to have to do it with the other. Well, you have to remember that it wasn't even supposed to be Kofi Kingston in that spot. It was supposed to be Mustafa Ali. And then Mustafa Ali got that concussion. Kofi came in and in one performance in one night made people want to see him become champion. And WWE kind of like with Daniel Bryan years earlier and ironically against Daniel Bryan, had to do that storyline of the underdog who never gets a shot has a chance to become champion, but they don't want him to be champion. I think, Sean, you might be on to something with this. Because, let's be clear, they never had intention of making a Kofi Kingston World Championship reign happen until the fans forced them to. And you can tell because immediately after losing the belt, he never got a rematch. He went right back to the mid-card, like nothing ever happened. Yeah, you know what he did? He did the Charlotte Flair smile. Oh, Brock Lesnar, you got me in five seconds or nine uh, seconds, whatever yeah. it was. How that title reign started, how it progressed, and how it ended was very indicative of how they wanted, how much they really wanted Kofi Kingston as WWE champion. But at the same time, if you look at Big E, and let's compare now, they separated Big E from the New Day about a year ago. When Xavier was still injured and Kofi had an injury, so Big E was on his own. They're like, Kofi, Big E, I'm out. And even if I come back, we know it's your time. You need to do something on your own and make your own legacy. So Big E, they prep him. They make him Eric Connell champion. They let him run with that for a little bit. Then when the time was right, they got him money in the bank. Then he became world champion. <laughs> Which they kind of rushed. Yeah. They kind of rushed it, but... At least there's more of a progression with Big E rather than Kofi where it just kind of happens. Yeah, that is true. We'll never know. 
We'll never I mean, know. We, we, we can tell. We've been fans long enough to know how WWE and specifically how Vince McMahon thinks. You can see it in who he actually wants to push and who he doesn't want to push. And you yeah. can tell that they didn't want to push Kofi, but they kind of had to. But they had plans for Big E. Yeah, they, now, they definitely the, did. Now, here's the question. Does this match change your guys' perception of Big E as a world champion? Do you think he's a worthy world champion? I was really impressed with his match with Drew McIntyre at Crown Jewel. They stole the show in that match. And until that match, I was kind of like iffy. And I, I have a little bit more faith in him as champion. This did not change any of that. I just thought it was another good match. It's it's better. It's definitely showing that they're t- treating it with the respect that it deserves. You know, I will give credit to them for that. I think that this was the most serious Biggie I've ever seen, you know, prior to, you know, with the exception of when he was just the lackey for Ziggler. But he he's showing what people have, I think, expected of him as champion, which I think is definitely a good thing. I, I want him, I want to see him face somebody who isn't Roman Reigns and have this same quality of match. Yeah, that is true. Well, they're possibly teasing a feud with either Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens or, by God, a triple threat. Oh, oh Sean's God. favorite kind please, of match. Please, no. It's going to be a triple please, threat in the Royal Rumble. Just do a singles match. It's going to be a triple threat, Sean. Brace yourself. At least there's not a pay-per-view in December. That is true. No TLC. At least Braun Strowman's not on this roster anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying that since he got fired. You know, they'd be salivating at the idea of Braun Strowman and Big E at WrestleMania. Oh, uh, that, no, nope, Braun nope. Braun do four running power slams and pin Big E without Big E putting up a fight. Nope, 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 uh-uh, nope, nope, nope. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but this kind of felt, as good of a match as it was, it kind of felt like a Roman Reigns match. Because Roman Reigns has this type of match with everyone he wrestles. He yeah. lets his shine at the beginning. He slows it down, starts doing his trash talking, then builds up to uh, a comeback for the babyface. Then they do the finishing sequences where they may or may not kick out of each other's finishers. Well, on that note, I will say one thing I did notice. Big E did kick out of the spear. Roman Reigns did not kick out of the big end. Big end and he got the rope break. So True. So they did do everything they could to put Biggie over in defeat. It took two spears, not just one. This uh, this is kind of one of those things, and they definitely got the crowd back into it. Yeah, you know, the crowd was dead, but then these two brought it back. But I don't necessarily disagree with your point, Skyler, because but I think that that's just what WWE likes to do. They like their cookie cutter matches. It just so happens that the Roman Reigns style of match is the most technically sound match they have on the card most of the time, and I don't tire of seeing a Roman Reigns match, but I totally get your point about it being formulaic, because WWE at its core is formulaic, which is the problem that we all have with it. Yeah. But there's also something else I noticed. There's a little bit of fatigue from fans with Roman Reigns. You can only do the unbeatable monster for so long, and even though this was a fight between two champions with really nothing on the line other than each other's hating each other, it felt like Big E could have gotten the win and Roman wouldn't be hurt by it. Because 
Everyone knows that the WWE Championship is the super intercontinental belt. It's the number two belt. Sad. And Big E is always going to be the number two guy. But if Big E were to get the victory, I mean, it wouldn't. It would change the perception a little bit. I, I, I get what you're saying, Sky. I, allow me to pose a counterpoint. Is is taking a pinfall pinfall loss prior to you losing the belt? Does that take heat away from you? No matter who it is, because then all of a sudden the illusion is broken. If it's not going to be the person who's going to take the belt off you, right? Because it, it, realistically speaking, Roman Reigns, whoever it's going to be, is going to probably lose this belt at WrestleMania. Probably. And whoever they decide, whether it's going to be Brock or The Rock or John Cena or Bray Wyatt Drew. or Drew McIntyre or a giant fuzzy bear named Cuddles. Um, whoever <laughs> it's going to be, if he loses to somebody other than that individual, does it not take the shine off? Just for example, it's like when Christian beat Omega. It was like, okay, so Omega, who had been having a very similar run, thankfully Adam Page is as over as Adam Page is because that didn't seem to make a difference. But... There was a while where the shine was pretty drastically off Kenny Omega and his heat for losing to Christian. So two things. One, Kenny Omega is not a dominant champion like Roman is. He's a chicken shit heel. Right, not disputing that. Not disputing that. But you're not wrong in that, yeah, Adam Page beat Omega, but Christian did it too. So it's not... It's not the same. It's not the same. It's it's not the same, right? It's obviously not the same situation, but I'm I understand. But you're right. right. No matter who the champion is, if you take a loss, even in a non-title match, that does take a little bit of the shine off. Yeah, and And which is kind of a big problem with having a pay-per-view framed like this, because then you get into a match like this, which is was going to be the quality, but then. What do you do? At least this wasn't a chokeout like the Drew McIntyre one was, although Drew didn't seem to have much of an issue with that. It was more the Randy Orton stuff that was the problem. Yeah. Well, it, it was very close to it because Roman almost did make Big E tap out until Big E powered his way out of it. When Big E powered out of that choke into the big that ending, was awesome. that was fantastic. Yeah. And when, and when Roman Reigns somehow deadlifted Big E into that powerbomb. Big strong boys. Yeah, yeah. this was and, and again, you know, it's no knock on the outcome because I think the outcome was about as good as you were going to get with that. Just a babyface losing to Roman to another champion by pin does far less damage than any heel who's a champion who's been a champion for that long taking a loss before the person who's going to take the belt off them. Plus, Unless it was Big E, right, in a unification or something like that. Right, yeah. Like, if they were going to do something like that, or Big E loses the belt, gets traded, and they have this match at WrestleMania, and Big E beats him, then that's fine. But if he's not going to be that person, then it makes it just takes the shimmer off what they've been building to with Roman as champion for this amount of time that they have. And I will say that at least, and they also, another way they protected Big E in defeat they, he did the leg injury thing, but they didn't harp on it a lot. Like Roman never like focused on the leg throughout the match. They just hinted at it one at one point, 
and Roman never noticed it. So, of course, how can you go after a body part that you don't notice is injured? But at the very end, he hit the, the steel steps with his knees and it hurt it again, and then Roman Reigns noticed it that time, stomped on his leg, which I loved. I loved the leg stomp, and then speared him for the one, two, three. So they also got Big E out of losing flat with that as well. When they have people they really enjoy and that Vince really likes, they put in effort. Yes. And that's always been my problem. But the one thing about this match was that it was a cloud hanging over it. And I know they mentioned it. Like, hold on, hold on. Was this the match that Pat McAfee told off Corey Graves? Yes. This was great because Corey Graves started attacking Pat McAfee. You know, because he's he's the Raw guy. He's supposed to attack the SmackDown guy. And... And Pat McAfee was just, he said something along the lines of like, you know, I really like Byron Saxton, but I am not Byron Saxton, Corey. And basically save that for him. Because I am not going to be playing the commentary banter game with you on this night, good sir. Pat (laughs) McAfee is wonderful. Also, if you look at the two of them, who's the bigger, stronger guy? Yeah. Yeah, I want to see... I want to see a one-on-one match, Pat McAfee versus Corey Graves. And you know what's hysterical? Corey Graves actually toned down the commentary attacks a lot after he said that. It was well, he had to. <laughs> he had to. Yeah, it was. Uh, but this was the, this match had all of the best, you know. But, ex- it, but um, again, Pat McAfee mentioned it on commentary before it began. There was a cloud hanging over this match about whether or not. Brock Lesnar was going to be involved, or even The Rock, who we suspect is going to wrestle against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Potentially. I mean, he didn't show up for Survivor Series, so I doubt it. Yeah. My understanding is that it's not going to be this WrestleMania, but the one in 2023 in Los Angeles. So, how would you guys feel about Roman Reigns holding on to the Universal Championship all the way into WrestleMania 2023? They can't have The Rock win the belt. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. I don't think they could. They would probably more rather have The Rock interfere with the title match on WrestleMania 2022 to set up that match, just like they did the once in a lifetime with The Rock and John Cena that they ended up doing uh, uh, twice. And, and they would probably do something very similar to that because they repeat things and they think we all forget. Yes, that is the true. The problem is, who do you have? beat Roman Reigns at this point. We said it earlier. I, I would go with Drew McIntyre. He's the only one that feels like an equal to Roman, huh? Yeah. He's the only one that I think would probably make the... Because that's how we all felt at the end of last year's Survivor Series. You know, that's how we all did it. That's how we all went into this, is that we were like, man, these seeing these two wrestle again would be pretty impressive, but we never got it. And if Roman Reigns defeats Brock whenever Brock comes back, and then Drew's like, "All right, Roman, you've beaten Brock, I've beaten Brock. It's time. It's time to have this match one more, you know, and, and actually do this." I think that Drew is probably the best case scenario, and it might give Drew McIntyre the WrestleMania moment he should have had before the pandemic hit. Because when you think about it, these two are connected with each other. WrestleMania 35, they have a one-on-one match. At Survivor Series of that year, they competed against each other again with Roman Reigns winning. Then Drew McIntyre last eliminates Roman Reigns in the 2020 Royal Rumble. These two, they had the Survivor Series match. These two are connected with each other. 
for better or worse. Yeah. And I, I think that it's it's going to have to be that, which means, Skylar, that they're just going to have to steal from you again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> are, 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 is, are they going to have to have Drew McIntyre win the Royal Rumble? Um, I, I hope not. Probably, probably the Chamber. I would say probably the Chamber. I have a feeling they might do, like, Kofi versus Big E with Kofi winning the, the Rumble, potentially. Oh, that would be interesting. But... Uh, uh, oh, that's... Hmm, that's interesting. But hold on, what was that about you, about them stealing from me again? Uh-oh. Well, Uh-oh. <laughs> because if... Uh, well, we're just going to have to see, because later on, at the beginning of next week, we have got our final show of November. It is ACPW and NWL... It is Wrestle Festival with a main event that is eerily similar yes. to that which we have just proposed and done long before WWE has conceptualized it. <laughs> yes, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Uh, the second year in a row I'm doing that match in the main event. Except you actually and built to it properly. Correct. Right, right. So, so stay tuned for that because that's coming up later on. And... Uh, in the meantime, though, we need to talk about Survivor Series as a whole and wrap it up with our final grades. So let's go to Joshua first. What do you think of Survivor Series overall, and what is your final grade, good sir? This was my birthday present. I'm sad. Just, the first match was eh, and the main event was really good, and everything else was just blah. Again, if, if you've never watched wrestling before, don't start with this show, or you'll be like, why does anyone like this? <laughs> So no, I'm, I would not recommend. I think this will be a first time for me. I'm going to give the show a Bret Hart certified 4 out of 10. All right. Not anywhere near as good as Full my, Gear. And to my illustrious co-host, what do you think? Well, this show, this is, I'll read to you exactly what I wrote. And this is how I felt at the end of this show, and then we I shall discuss. This show had two good matches two good-ish matches that were bookended by a steaming heap of regular Cheerios, skim milk, plain white toast garbage. And no offense, but this was super hard to watch. This whole show was really hard to watch. Agreed. At this point, point, you're going to hate me for saying this, guy, but I would rather put up and, and slash skip the... Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, AEW filler garbage, and have too much in the matches. If it means four different style, different toned quality matches, which you get with AEW pay-per-views. And right right now, if this is the way that WWE is going to continue, then as much as Tony Khan does not deserve our endorsement because of many reasons and because of all the complaints that I have with AEW right now, but I have to admit they've got the upper hand when it comes to the quality of shows they've got. This show got a three and a half out of 10 for me. (laughs) I know you're crying over there. I can hear you weeping because I've admitted that AEW is currently better than WWE. And you're not wrong. Listen, I'm the WWE apologist of this group. I'm probably the one that likes it the most out of the three of us. And even I can't stomach the bullshit that I saw on this show. As much 
as AEW annoys me, their show Full Gear had what four good matches on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Daniel. Bro- yeah. <laughs> all right, Jr. <laughs> got us all. It got us all. It got even Jr. So don't worry about it. CM, CM Punk versus. Uh, Eddie Kingston. Even if I had problems with it, uh, MJF and Darby Allen did wrestle a good match. Even if I had problems with it, sure. And then a main event, surprisingly, with a somewhat serious Kenny Omega versus Adam Heyman Page. Yeah. The problem with me with AEW is that I'm not emotionally invested enough in it because I don't watch being the elite. I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega, so yeah. I can't be all the way with them. Right. And. Understood. That's the worst part, is that I'm invested in WWE. I'm invested in Roman Reigns and Big E and Charlotte and Becky because I've seen them wrestle for a long amount of time. I've grown up with them, kind of, because, let's be honest, I was starting to watch Roman Reigns when I was in high school. I'm, wow. I'm, I've been watching this man for the last eight years, and I've been watching him grow and develop. It's... It, it hurts me in a way to have to watch this show and realize that I can't stomach watching it. And I don't know. It's just, it's disheartening. I, I was looking at it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cancel my Peacock subscription because I can't, I don't feel like I can justify paying for it anymore. Wow. Yeah, man, I hear you. This, this really was a rough show. What is your and, score, Skylar? And again, the dumb gimmick of Sean being in the middle, Joshua being the upper boy, and me being the bottom boy continues. Here we are. I give this show a 3 out of 10. (laughs) Skylar, how does it feel having joined the dark side? No, join the dark order. No, join the dark order. No. Well, there's a champion there, at least. Hey, hey, Skylar, also, since you're the bottom boy, are my fingers still up my butt? Yes. You're damn right they are! Here's the real question. Here's the real question. Does the Dark Order have pizza? My fingers are speckered in butt juice. ice cream. Oh, (laughs) And with that, folks, I'm going to take back the reins and end this. Butt juice and ice cream. (laughs) I am ending this. But what a show, guys. Guys, honestly, this our show more inter- entertaining ninety minutes than anything that WWE had to offer on this. Well, eight, eight and nine minutes and thirty seconds if you don't include the budget cuts. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's true. That's right. <laughs> we may or may not make it to air, but guys, as always, sign off to our beloved fans. Adios, mi amigos. We're gonna go on and celebrate Thanksgiving. Yes, Don't they eat the turkey. turkey? Go rip off yes, turkey's head. Eat it raw. Okay. Well, Fingers are still up, bottle. Okay, like, share, and subscribe to T A W Gaming. <laughs> Take your thumbs out of butt. Put up thumbs for video. Skyler's no cell was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> We have lost our minds. Oh, man. Folks, that is the Bay Area Brawler, Skylar Greenberg. That's Josh again. I'm your colonial champion, Sean McCarty, and we'll be right back right after this. Dying. Uh, and this has been the Totally Awesome Podcast, our review of Survivor Series. What were your thoughts on Survivor Series? 
Be looking forward to ACPW versus NWL, and also be looking forward to the fourth episode of SWCG Palmetto Power. We will see you guys next time. Good night, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving.